Good morning, church. How are you today? I hope everyone is okay and you're doing fine this morning. Thank God for the protection. And it's another beautiful Sunday that we can praise and worship God even online. And thank you, church, for tuning in every Sunday here in WAC. Also, Thank you everyone who supported and participated our Christmas outreach program last week. Thank you for your generosity and help to make these events possible. May God bless you and your loved ones. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this wonderful Sunday that we can be gathered together even online oh god i pray and lord that you will give us clarity oh lord of your word oh god and help me oh god to deliver your word use me as your mouth and speaker lord deliver your word clearly to your people and remove all the hindrances oh god in jesus name i pray amen so today is december 20 2020 five days before christmas Even though there is no command in the New Testament to celebrate Christmas, we happily join with millions of Christians around the world remembering the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Joy to the world! The Lord has come. And because He was born in Bethlehem, uh, what really matters is that His birth give us hope in the midst of the pandemic. Jesus' uh, light reflects on the people around us at this time of the year. We can see uh, this light through people who are giving gifts and those who happily receive their gifts. Uh, this is a picture of hope, my friend. So, God the Father gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, as a gift. At this time of the year, it is a reminder for us that Jesus loves us. His great love for us is our hope that strengthens us to face this new year 2021. You know, many people feel hopeless and despair, especially in this time of pandemic. They cannot go to work and you know, to make money or this business are very affected. Thus, many are jobless at present. Last week, the church organized an outreach of giving gifts to the, our community. We are doing this to let the community know that Jesus is here to help. He is our only hope, especially at this time. Many parents were crying when they shared their experiences of COVID-19 pandemic. I cannot imagine how difficult for them to go through life at this time. We encourage them to receive the most important gift they can receive this Christmas, which is who is Jesus. And after they pray, their faces brightens. Someone even says, "Nigaan akong pamati," so I feel good. That's in English. So let's go to our a verse for today in Genesis chapter 12, verse one, two, three, and it's the call of Abraham. In, starting with verse 1, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who blessed you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will bless you. 
will be blessed through you. Now, our verses does not really reflect something about Christmas at first glance. This morning, we'll be talking about Christmas, a season of hope. Many years ago, the first century Jewish believers hold their faith in Christ because of these verses. The writer traced back 4,000 years ago to a man named Abraham who God called and to get out of Ur to God's promised land. His encounter with God radically changed his life and changed the course of human history. All these three verses are God's promise to Abraham which God fulfilled. From these breathtaking promises of God came the nation of Israel. Yes, and Jesus who is the ultimate seed of Abraham. This verses is our assurance of our hope in God. Our God is more than able to fulfill what he had promised. We are greatly encouraged to encourage you to take hold of the promises of God which will give us hope in the midst of every difficult times and troubles. God's word is a firm and secure foundation in which we can anchor our faith. Amen. God gave us his word to help us believe and put our trust in the invisible God. First, he gave us a promise and then he fulfills them. And this is the great character of God. To know that God's character is a treasure for every, to every believers. In this world, we may be tempted or discouraged or afraid or when we feel back into a corner or when we want to give up or when circumstances overwhelm us or when our loved ones encounter hard times or when our friends turn against us, we can remember God's promises and we will have hope that gives us great encouragement. Come on. Amen. So this sermon is about Christmas, a season of hope. Uh, That's something we all need every day, especially at this time of pandemic. But perhaps many of us need that hope in a special way next year as we recover from what we've gone through this year. If we need an infusion of hope, listen on. This message is for you. We can find this kind of hope that we will be an anchor for our souls and how this hope connected with Christmas. There are, here are the three answers to that question. First is fast promise. The basis of our hope is found in the way God has kept His promise in the past. Our story begins in the Garden of Eden. In those tragic few moments after Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit, paradise was violated by the entrance of sin. Satan had won and God's plan had been foiled and our first parents had fallen from innocence. From that moment, sin spread out across the earth and staining everything it touched. Salvation begins with the simplest of simple observation that God didn't give up on the human race. God was determined to do something. He would not let Satan win the battle for the planet Earth. So the promise in the purest form was this. God would do something about sin by sending someone on Earth. 
but who and how and where and when? That's the question. So let's trace the unfolding answer to that question. Number one, or A, he will be a member of human race and our deliverer will be a member of human race and I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heels just in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 so this verse contains an amazing amount of information concerning god's plan to rescue the human race number one god's plan centered on specific person that person would be a man that he will enter the human race by being born of woman he will do the battle with satan satan will strike a blow against him but will not defeat him he will crush satan and his power the deliverer when he comes he will be the seed of the woman that is he will not be an angel or something supernatural creature but he will be a man and will enter human race by being born of a woman in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 is thus the first link in the long chain of leads as to Bethlehem B he will comes from our I mean our deliverer will come from the Semitic people blessed be the Lord God of Shem in just chapter 9 verse 26 after the flood of Noah the line begins to narrow Noah has three sons but the deliverer must come from one of them Noah declared that the deliverer would come from the descendant of his son Shem who is the father of the Semitic people of the world so see uh, letter C the, deliv the deliverer he will be a son of Abraham I will make your name great and you will be a blessing all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you just in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 and 3 many years later God spoke to Abraham while he was in Ur of the Chaldees calling him to leave the city uh, for the land God would afterward show him Abraham obeyed and ended up in the promised land uh, this represents narrowing down of the promise from the all from all humanity to a solitary man the deliverer must come from among abraham's descendants and next d he will be a son of isaac our deliverer will be a son of isaac uh, through your offspring all nations will be blessed so Genesis chapter 22 verse 18 the, the promise narrows even farther as God now specifies that the promise will come through Isaac not through Ismael. So E next our deliverer will be a son of Jacob. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Genesis chapter 20 verse 14. Isaac had two sons namely Jacob and Esau. By custom Esau should have received the promise as firstborn, but he sold that right to Jacob for a ball of red stuff. And would God honor that transaction? That's the question. And the answer is yes. Even though it is inv it involves some degree of unfairness on Jacob's part. And that mysterious dream of the stairway to heaven, God repeats to Jacob the promise previously 
made to his father and grandfather. Next, our deliverer will come from the tribe of Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from, uh, from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs and, and the obedience of nation in, is his. Uh, just in Genesis chapter 49 verse 9, Jacob had 12 sons which one would be chosen which one would be chosen to carry the promise by right it should be it should have been Reuben the firstborn but he sinned and was passed over same is true to Simeon and Levi when Jacob came to his fourth son Judah he uttered one of the most amazing prophecies in all the Bible for 2,000 years, Genesis 49 verse 8 to 12 has been regarded as one of the greatest messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. Although Jacob was old and dying, with his eyes of faith, he saw to the midst of the day when the tribe of Judah would take leadership in Israel. The people of Judah would be lion-like in courage and strength. Their tribe would lead the way and the other 11 tribes would follow. The scepter, the scepter is a sign of legal authority, would rest with Judah until Shiloh comes. Shiloh is either a proper name of the Messiah or it is a Hebrew contraction meaning he to whom it belongs. The scepter is talking about the scepter. If it is the proper name, then Shiloh means the one who brings peace. That may be correct since Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to 7 calls Messiah the Prince of Peace. And in Micah chapter 5 verse 5 says the Messiah that he will be their peace. Uh, if it is a Hebrew contraction, Jacob is prophesying that the Messiah will be the rightful ruler of the world. Both thoughts are true, of course, and it is possible that both thoughts are intended by the expression of Shiloh. Uh, here is a simple outline of Jacob's prophecy concerning Judah and in Genesis chapter 49 verse, verses 8 to 12. Number one, Judah will be dominant tribe of Israel. Judah will be lion-like in courage and strength. The Messiah will come from the tribe of Judah. Messiah's coming brings peace, joy, and prosperity. Although Jacob predicts dominance of Judah, this prophecy was not fulfilled for many centuries. Israel's earliest leaders came from other tribes like Moses from Levi, Joshua from Ephraim, Gideon from Manasseh, Samson from Dan, uh, Samuel from Ephraim, Saul from Benjamin. After Saul was rejected, God chose a man from the tribe of Judah to be king. No, our deliverer, he will be a descendant of David. In the first Samuel chapter 16, things began to change. After rejecting Saul asking, God chose a youngest son of Jesse, a shepherd boy named David. Eventually, becomes the king of Israel. In time, he'll be considered Israel's greatest king, a model warrior, a fine statesman, a poet laureate, and the sweetest singer of Israel. In this one man bound up all the hopes and dreams of a nation longing for, for the fulfillment 
of the ancient promises. At the height of his career, God made an amazing promise to David. The Lord himself will establish a house for you. I will raise up your offspring to, su- to succeed you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. That's a second Samuel chapter 7 verses 11, 12, and 16. This promise the most specific yet. Not only will the deliverer come from the line of David, he will also rule over David's kingdom and will reign upon David's throne. More than that, David's house and kingdom and throne will last forever. So, these sweeping promises go beyond merely human rulers who follow David like Solomon, Ezra, Hezekiah, uh, Josiah, to name a few, although these men were righteous before God, because they were human, they could never reign from David's throne forever. Mortal men could never exhaust this great promise. It demands a ruler who will live forever. But what person could fulfill that requirements? The promise has now become very specific indeed. We have moved from a member of human race to a descendant of Shem, Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Judah to the tribe of Judah to David and to descendants of David and ultimately someone who can reign forever on David's throne who could be the deliverer that's the question where will he come from how will he he be recognized the next two promises began to answer these questions our deliverer he will be born of a virgin. So many years has passed as people of God wait for the delivered to come from heaven. Then in the days of King Ahaz, God once again narrowed the line. This time he specifies how the deliverer would enter the world. The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with a child and he will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. A virgin birth. Only God could have conceived uh, of such an event. The Messiah will indeed be a member of human race, but his entrance will signal that he is no ordinary person. He enters the world supernatural because he is the one sent by our Father. And in fact, of the... In the fact of the virgin birth, we have a hint that the Messiah's true identity, fully God and fully man. He will be born in Bethlehem. That's our next law, uh, hint that our deliverer will be born in Bethlehem. The line narrows once again at this time to specify exactly where the Messiah will be born. Out of all the cities and the villages of Israel, he will be born in Bethlehem, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. 
The phrase from ancient times could literally be translated from the days of eternity. This ties directly back to the Genesis chapter 49 verse 10 which speaks of a ruler who comes from Judah. It also adds a crucial fact that Messiah's origins are from the days of eternity. This helps explain how the Messiah can reign on David's throne forever since his origins and from eternity he will have an eternal reign. When all these prophets are taken together, we have an amazing portrait of the Messiah. Number one, he will be a Jew. Number two, he will come from the tribe of Judah. Number three, he will be a descendant of David. Number four, he will be born in Bethlehem. Number five, he will be born a virgin. Then, who would fit all this qualification? Many people would fit in the first one, fewer in the second, fewer still the third. Fewer in the fourth, but only one person in the history has ever met the fifth qualification. His name is Jesus Christ. Matthew's amazing genealogy. We should note that Matthew 1 contains a lengthy genealogy that starts with Abraham and ends with Jesus Christ. Though many of the names are unfamiliar and difficult to pronounce, the list is meant to impress us with the truth that God's promise spans the generations. What starts with Abraham in uh, 2000 BC ends with the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. As And if you study the list, you soon discover that it reads like a rug of galleries. There is Abraham who lied about his wife twice, Isaac who lied about Rebekah, Jacob who was congenital cheater, uh, Judah who slept with his daughter-in-law, David who committed adultery and murder, Solomon who had hundreds of wives, and then there is Manasseh. Uh, the list also mentions four women. There is Tamar who slept with Judah, Rahab the harlot, uh, Ruth who has was a Moabite, and Bathsheba committed adultery with David. There, there are three Gentiles. There are Three are involved in some form of sexual immorality. Two are involved in prostitutions. Uh, one is an adulteress. All four are in line that leads to Jesus Christ. When taking together, we learn from this that God keeps His promise no matter what. And B, God uses every flawed people to keep His promises. In the end, the only name in the genealogy that matters is the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that happened before was meant to lead to Him. God orchestrated centuries of history in order to bring His Son to the world at just at the right moment. This incredible transgeneration display of God's faithfulness ought to give us hope as we move into the unexplored future. What God has done for others, He will do for us as well. Now, God is our present help, and we can also find hope in the present help that comes from the Lord. One of our favorite verse is Psalm uh, chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of our trouble. I find it comforting that God's help comes in the times of trouble. First, you got 
to be in trouble. Second, when you are in the midst of trouble, God sends His help and proves to be our refuge and our strength. David Jeremiah book called A Bend in the Road. The book tells how in the midst of growing ministry, he was diagnosed with cancer six years ago. The doctors discovered he had a form of cancer called lymphoma growing near his plan. After during surgery and chemotherapy, the cancer went into remission. In 1998, it returned with a vengeance. This time, the doctor decided to throw a medical equivalent of a nuclear bomb at it. They performed a stem cells transplant, a difficult procedure in which stem cells are harvested from the patient's body. Then a huge of doses of chemotherapy and radiation are used in order to kill every trace of cancer. Then the stem cells are re-injected into the body by, in the hope that the cancers will not return. Pastor Jeremiah writes, with great tragedy of both and physical and emotional toll of his treatment, he speaks candidly of his battle with his pain, nausea, and deep depression. At the, at the present time, his cancer is in remission, but he knows that there is no guarantees the cancer would come back or might not, but there is no way to be sure. The book titles comes from his observation that sooner or later, we will all come to bend in, our, in the road uh, that we didn't expect, we couldn't have we couldn't have foreseen didn't want didn't ask for and can't postpone uh, we've got our life lined up and the things we are going in the right direction and then one day everything changes and suddenly we have come to bend in the road now life is moving in a different direction what will we do then and how our faith survive where God where is God? Where is God when life takes turn in a new direction? It is very possible that Christmas reminds you of your problems and the things in life that aren't the way you wish you were. And you may even feel like giving up. So let us be reminded uh, that we have two grounds for, for hope even in the darkness moments of our life. Number one, God is at work engineering our circumstances in ways that you cannot see we cannot see and two he can force forge good out of what seems hopeless and even evil oh there is a great hope in the help god supplies in the midst of our troubles be patient wait on the lord those who hope in him will not put to shame so god is our now our future glory finally there is a great hope in what the future holds for the children of God. Now, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Hope means better days are coming. I repeat, hope means better days are coming things won't always be the way they are now that day has not yet come but it's coming but you can bet on it better days are on the way this is our hope of future glory 
Is there hope in this world? The answer is yes. Hope invaded the world 2,000 years ago at Bethlehem. If we want that hope to invade our lives, we must do what the shepherd did long time ago. We must come to Bethlehem and bow before the newborn king. Hope is available but only to those who will humble themselves and bow in faith before the Lord Jesus Christ. I told the people who joined the outreach that the most important gift that you can receive this Christmas is not the food or the physical gifts, but hope that comes when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Jesus loves us and because of His great love, He cares for us. He cares for our future and for that we can conclude that Jesus is our present help in times of our need. He is not only our present help, but He is also our guide. He will guide us with His light, which is the Word of God, and Jesus Himself is the light, so that we can walk in the light as He is in the light. Today, Jesus is inviting us to build a relationship with Him today. So if this is your decision to receive His invitation, open your heart to Jesus and let Jesus come in and open your mind to Him. To his words you can follow this prayer with your voice if this is your decision to respond to his invitation jesus please forgive me for all my sins i repent today and help me overcome them daily jesus come to my life i welcome you in my heart as my lord and savior help me every day that i can follow your light and your will in my life Father, thank you for your great love for me, that you send your only Son, Jesus, to pay the penalty of my sins on the cross. Thank you for this wonderful gift and beautiful gift that I received today, this Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Church, and those who are new ones, I invite you even to join us next Sunday. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Have a great weekend.